Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to episode 289 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, David. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. So, uh, what have you been up to the last few weeks? been dipping back into my uh, Apple TV Plus subscription, mm-hmm. which I've luckily got free until December, which feels like I've got it for quite a while at the moment, but December will soon yeah. be here, and that subscription will soon be running out. But if they continue to make the good shows that I've been watching, such as Servant, I will possibly keep it. Depends on what it's priced at that point, and, you know, what what's... I think it's five yeah. ninety currently yeah. so it's, yes, it's not it's, horrendous but yeah it's 5.99 at the moment but what i mean is like if they you know put the price up or yeah, whatever we'll yeah, yeah. see how, how things go but uh it's four for four for me in terms of uh, the tv side of uh, apple tv plus because i enjoyed central park i yeah. enjoyed the morning show i mm-hmm. enjoyed ted lasso which i talked about on here a couple of weeks ago which i've since finished and uh servant is the fourth out of those four that uh, i've really enjoyed so uh, apple tv plus is doing really well uh, a bit different in terms of the films because they did release Cherry on Friday which I did review at the weekend I didn't particularly like but in terms of TV stuff uh, they're doing really really well Uh, Servant um, which is from is it M. Night Shyamalan yes (laughs) Shyamalan yeah Uh, he's one of the executive producers on the series and uh, one thing I really like well there's a a lot of things I really like about Servant one thing that it's a very good TV show Mm -hmm. Uh, the other thing is most of the series takes place in this house and it's very surprising with because they've had 19 episodes in total because 10 for the first season and nine so far for the second season i think the finale goes out this friday the 10th episode of season two i think so anyway um but yeah most of both of those seasons have been set within this particular house and it's amazing the mileage that they've been able to get out of it Uh, but one thing that really helps with the pacing and I continue to talk about this the more that shows do it is these 30 minute episodes that these shows do we've had another recent example recently of a show that's successfully done that with slightly longer episodes but uh, WandaVision did that really good sort of 30 maybe 38 40 minute ish episodes I think there's just there's enough uh, proof there so to speak and with lots of other shows in the past as well if you have longer episodes like let's say 50 plus minutes it doesn't necessarily mean that the show is going to be better Mm. because to me if you try to do more with less like one division mandalorian servant i could go on these shows that have got eight to ten episodes 30 to 40 minutes and trying to do more with less screen time which means that your pacing will probably end up better all three of those shows that applies to and uh, the servant just continues that sort of trend i mean it's been a bit of a trend since we 
we've had, you know, streaming services have been more of a regular thing, you know, because Apple's trying these short episodes now and other shows as well. But yeah, uh, one of the other things I really like about Servant as well, apart from the pacing and the episode lengths, it sets a tone almost within the first 20 to 40 seconds from right. the first sort of greeting at the door where the Servant character, Leanne, actually arrives and meets Sean and Dorothy at the door. Even from their first sort of conversation and they show Leanne around the house because they give her sort of like a house tour because she's going to be their servant given right. them the name of the series because yes. basically they're these kind of rich well they seem to be quite rich they've got quite a lot of wine they've got a huge like, <laughs> wine cellar thing uh, she does she's like a newswoman she does the evening news and the husband is a chef so they've got this son called Jericho and they're trying to get somebody to you know help out a bit more servant kind of thing and uh, Leanne steps in she's this young kind of woman and everything and uh, yeah just just from the tone they set straight away the first couple of conversations you get a really just interesting tone right from the start and it pulled me in straight away because I thought huh just to sort of I don't know the presentation everything of the show the tone and uh, also again going along with what Apple TV Plus has been doing the production value on these shows as well uh, this show included is just incredible you know when you're watching or playing something and you just think okay more attention to detail has been put into this and it's making the experience of this thing better Hmm. Uh, you could apply that to Servant as well but uh, in terms of being creepy and having horror elements which it's a horror series I would say that if you're not a particular like massive horror fan which I know you aren't massively into horror no. I'd still recommend it I still think there's enough outside of the horror elements to sort of serve other audiences as well hmm. so I think it's quite good but uh, yeah really really enjoying that and uh, looking forward to the season finale this Friday have you seen any of it at all? Have I haven't no it? um, it's one that I've not gone to but again because it's a sort of horror thing and I, I know yeah. it's psychological horror I, mm. I I just haven't got around to it yet uh, it's an interesting cast though I mean Rupert Grint's in there uh, yeah. Nell Tiger yeah. Free who some people will know was um, Marcella I think it was Baratheon from Game of Thrones she oh. was in for a number of seasons so that she plays the nanny and the two leads are Lauren Ambrose and Toby Kebbell sort of interesting cast sprinkled in there mm-hmm. it's not one that I've caught yet it's interesting there's two shows in the list that I see you haven't got to watch and there are two that I thought you would have gone to out of the Apple TV stuff uh, for all mankind and C which are both the more genre shows out of all the Apple TV stuff mm-hmm. so I'm surprised yeah. you've not looked at either of those yet I'm going through the, the catalogue slowly yeah. so um, I, I will get to those shows eventually but uh, I'm trying to do sort of one at a time yeah. Um, but uh, yeah Servants for just across the board you know all the different categories in which it can be good it is and uh, I'm looking forward to the finale on Friday speaking of horror gone back to Last of Us 2 again which I know is a game I've mentioned not just on here but a, num- a number of times on my own things I have a dedicated podcast for The Last of Us as well not just for the game but the upcoming TV show and, and there's there's plenty of things for me to talk about with, with those two things combined gone back to do my collectibles run I am watching Brian from PS4 Trophies his guide video because there's no way I'd find all that stuff on my own I'd have to do <laughs> yeah. several runs of the game so I sort of changed my approach halfway through because what I decided to do was a new new game plus if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and I thought okay I'll go from start to finish because I'm not going to miss any collectibles if I watch the YouTube video and I thought okay I'll watch to see where he finds an artifact or workbench or whatever and I'll just keep doing that but it got a bit sort of like pick the controller up play a bit of the game find the collectible put the controller down look at the phone watch the next bit (laughs) but it was too much like stop start and I thought I don't think I need to go through the whole game because I I remember with the second playthrough I did the new game plus playthrough 
where I looked in like loads of corners and things, I did find quite a few things. So I stopped doing the whole back to front playthrough of the game. So I went to my 26 hour completed New Game Plus save, checked the chapters, and I was only missing like maybe 10 things in total completely for okay. the whole game. And I thought, okay, I'll try a thing to where, okay, look at which chapters I have or haven't got particular things in. Some chapters I'd gotten everything, some chapters I hadn't, some I was missing like one or two things, which was a little bit frustrating. Mm. So I thought, okay, I'll go chapter by chapter and it's been a lot better. I got two trophies yesterday from doing this. So you can already tell that the progress has been a lot quicker because I've already gotten trophies from it. I found all the workbenches in the game and I've now got all the artifacts in the game, which is good. So, But what I was concerned with is if I load the completed New Game Plus, go back to the main menu, do chapter select, can I go chapter by chapter and will it save properly? And the method I was using sort of has been working out and it's been keeping the progress getting tracked. So uh, that's been really good. Still thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying the game. I just wanted a quicker way of doing what I was trying to get done. So uh, mm. yeah, that's been very good. The only kind of thing that's a little bit different is when I finish a bit of progress in a chapter and go to a new one and then load that chapter, my ammo amount is like completely random because uh, there's no, there's no reason for it to save you know five bullets with this gun one arrow whatever that seems to be kind of random but I'll you know that's a that's a different thing to deal with but uh, it's been quite good I've got two trophies from it so far and I'm just going to keep doing the system that, that I've sort of got now so that's been quite good uh, cool. have you played it yet no <laughs> I still haven't got <laughs> round to it yet I will do it at some point I just barely use the PS for very much let alone getting a PS PS5. It's one of the things that has kind of put me off spending money getting a PS5. I mean, apart from the fact that you can't find them anywhere, but um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, it's one of the things that that have kind of put me off it because I just don't play it enough. I play so much more on PC, and mm. uh, it's just I I don't know. I will get to it at some point, I'm sure. It's weird how long it's been out for now. We waited for it all this time, and it was June last year. So yeah, weird. wow, It'll be a year in uh, June. So that's cool. Uh, the next two things, two TV shows that I've watched. Uh, Big Sky, yeah, which is going out weekly on Star. That's an ABC show, isn't it? Um, yes, it I think is. it's got. I think it's got sixteen episodes for its first season. I tried to look up how many are sort of aired. Really, really enjoying it so far. Um, they've really taken some big risks, big sort of twists and turns, and that yeah. kind of thing. Uh, I mean, the ending of that first episode alone is just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, <laughs> I didn't quite, uh, yeah, didn't quite like, see that coming. Yeah, that that was uh, sort of right. I need to watch the uh, next episode right now after seeing. Yeah, because the first yeah the first two released together, didn't they? I think so. so yes, I, yeah, I think so. yeah. Because we've had four or five now, yeah. So it's a fair way into the season. Really, really like it. It's another one of those shows, a bit like with Servant, where you've got kind of a small scale idea in a way. Like, there's not many things in the show, but they're managing to get a lot out of what they've got. Given where the most recent episode goes, and I won't spoil it, it'll be very interesting to see where they go for the next, even the next one or two episodes. What do you think of the show? I'm really enjoying it. It's really interesting there's no renewal information on it yet although i don't know how it ends so maybe it was a one-off thing i i don't know mm. uh, i'm not sure that might be the case although i think if there is any way of bringing it back they'll bring it back because it's been such a huge hit for abc i think there is a fair chance that it may return in one form or another assuming there is a way of doing that mm. but um i really enjoyed it the, that sort of twist at the end of the first episode is brilliant and where it goes on from there the characters are very well drawn out the acting's really good I think I mentioned when I watched the first episode I went straight from finishing Vi 
Vikings and thought, <laughs> oh, I'll go and watch Big Sky, not realising that it was uh, Catherine Winnick in the both shows. So I went from watching her as a Viking into watching her as a cop in this or a private detective. So oh, uh, okay. just a really solid cast, a very, very good, interesting drama in that there's a sort of mystery going on, except you're seeing both sides of it, which is quite interesting. You know, it's not like who's taken these kids. You are seeing exactly what's happening on both sides, and it's just whether the characters can actually figure it out. It's a really good, solid crowd drama, so I'm very much enjoying that. Did you uh, see this week's episode? Mm, Did you like that one? That was very interesting. Yes, I like this one as well. I'm really intrigued to see where it goes and where they end up with it, because there are various different directions. But David D. Kelly, who created the series, has created some great shows, and I think this is certainly up there with some of his other stuff. Definitely. But looking forward to more of that. And thank you, Star, for putting episodes out weekly and not dumping 10 episodes on my feet. (laughs) Yeah. I just just appreciate that. I am actually enjoying the fact that some of them are starting to put them out weekly and you've got this nice balance. There are some things that are coming out as box sets and that's fine. But if Big Sky had come out as a box set, I would have binged through it in like a day, you know, or, Mm. you know, a, a weekend or whatever. I'm kind of glad that we're getting a kind of mix of things coming out that way now. Yeah. The last thing, which is also a star show, which I think is a Hulu show in yes, the US. Dollface with Kat Dennings, who you all would have seen recently in uh, WandaVision, which was very good as well. She was also in Two Broke Girls. Not that anybody particularly remembers that series, but uh, it was <laughs> oh, it, it was a good it was a good show. But yeah. uh, it got cancelled a long time ago, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really liked Dollface. I really liked the um, little twists that they got with it as well. The sort of this this like other angle of this cat woman. I yeah. Don't know what, else to, what else to well, call her? Yes, as I was think, I think <laughs> I mentioned last week we're not talking about like leather in a whip cat wolf we're talking about literally a woman with a cat for a head um, yeah. so a, li- a little bit sort of like if you took there was a character exactly like that in Bojack Horseman oh, right, if, you, okay. if you took that sort of character Caroline I think her name was if you took that character from Bojack Horseman and just made them live action right. yeah. as opposed to animated so what do you think of the show so far um, I think it's really good I, yeah I'm really enjoying it I mean the basic premise of it is woman dumped by boyfriend realises that all of her friends have sort of drifted away in the five years she's been in this relationship and she's having to go back and try and reconnect with this group of female friends and sort of work out how to be kind of a single woman again and how to get control of her life because her life had been so wrapped up in this relationship. So you've got this weird, almost Zoe's the good place strangeness going on in little chunks. It's not quite as ingrained in the story as it is in something like Zoe's or The Good Place, but there are these weird little moments where she, you know, either her imagination goes crazy or she has a sort of psychological break of something where she drifts off in a sad direction. And like there was an incident this week where her friends are arguing over something that she has said, but they're arguing with each other and they're at this lunch and the table starts to split apart or she walks towards and and everyone else is just acting totally normally and she's trying to like pull the table together. Yeah. Yeah. So there's little things like that and like you said there's this woman that ends up being kind of her mentor which is a woman with a cat for her head mm, it's just a guide yeah it's just wonderfully fun and Kat Dennings is brilliant to watch on screen she's, I think she's perfect for this she's role just yeah. absolutely superb for this I really enjoy her in anything I used to enjoy her in Two Broke Girls as well and she's wonderful in Wonder Vision so 
I really, really enjoyed watching him in this. Again, it's another one that's going out weekly on Star on Disney+. Plus. It's well, well worth watching. I really enjoyed this series. It's fun. Yeah, but that's what I've been up to. How about yourself? Gaming-wise, I've been playing around with a couple of post-apocalyptic city builders. There's one which is called Endzone World Apart, which is from Gently Mad Studios, and the other one is called Surviving the Aftermath, which is published by Paradox. It's from Ice Flake Studios. And they're, they're very similar in that it's a post-apocalyptic world. It's a city builder, so you're kind of plonking down things to kind of grow and expand this settlement. And you're basically trying to sort of attract people and build up this world and sort of rebuild the world in this uh, post-apocalyptic wasteland where there's radiation and stuff. They've both got similar mechanics. One of them, I think, does it slightly better than the other. Endzone is a bit further on in its development. They're both in early access right now. Uh, Endzone is, is coming towards the end of its early access, so it's almost a complete game. And you can sort of tell, I think Surviving the Aftermath has a bit more work to do. Endzone is the one I would probably go for right now. But uh, if you like those sort of you know city builders that are you know anything like Tropico, that sort of thing, it's that kind of thing, but set in this post-apocalyptic world. I'm really enjoying playing around with those. There are lots of sort of options of you know expanding out your home base and you know sending people out to get supplies, and there are nice little story elements. There are various areas where you can send them to around the map, and you send scouts out to sort of tell you what those areas are, and then you send a team out, much like you would do in something like The Walking Dead, and they go and try and raid it for supplies, and there are certain little actions you can do. So you get like this mini little story that you control of where you send the people when you they go out for uh, supplies and stuff. So got some really, really nice little elements in it, but it's um, Endzone is on Steam. It's $20.99 at the moment for the uh, standard edition, and it's worth going to pick up. Surviving the Aftermath, like I say, is a little bit further behind right now, and that's about the same price. It's uh, about 20 quid. I mean, it's one of those that I think is worth keeping an eye on, Surviving the Aftermath, as its sort of development increases, but uh, at the moment, Endzone is probably the one I would go for out of those two, but they're, they're great if you like those city builders. TV-wise, I've been watching through Condor, which is buried on the Sky box sets at the moment. It did go out, I think, on Sky 1. They ran it out over a couple of weeks I seem to remember originally, but um, it's a series which was on the audience network in the US and ran for two seasons. Then it wasn't technically cancelled. The audience network was cancelled. It shut down. They decided that they were going to shut the entire network. So it basically didn't have a home. Epics have actually picked it up and are airing the first two seasons in 2021. So if that goes down well, there is maybe a possibility that it may come back again, although there's Hmm. no guarantee of that there's no news either way on a season three other than the fact that the network that it was on no longer exists it's based on the novel six days of the condor by james grady the first season follows joe turner who is this young cia analyst he's invented this system which helps predict when terrorist attacks will occur and who may be the perpetrators of them his office gets attacked and everybody is killed apart from him and he then becomes the chief suspect in it so it's got a little bit of sort of 24 a little bit of the fugitive kind of going on in it it's a really interesting cast of characters it has a sort of vikings game of thrones level of killing people off 
I mean, that first season in particular, there are so many characters that you think, oh, they're an interesting, oh, they're dead. <laughs> it's just like the amount of people that get killed off in this show is absolutely insane. So nobody is safe. It's really interesting to watch. The first season is actually pretty self-contained. I suspect the second season is also fairly self-contained as well. I'm only halfway through the season two right now, but it's really, really enjoyable and um, very, very worth watching. It's called Condor. You can go and find it on Now TV and on Sky Box sets. So uh, I would urge you to go and watch that, particularly if you're into those sort of Fugitive 24 kind of things. So I thought this would probably be one for you, certainly. Yeah, I'll maybe have a look at that. I also watched the first episode of Next, which is a show I've been waiting for for a while. It ran for one season on Fox. Technically, it was cancelled, although I am told the first season is pretty well self-contained. Hopefully that is the case. If you've not heard of Next, it stars John Slattery as Paul LeBlanc, who is the former CEO of a tech giant, so kind of an Elon Musk sort of type guy. He ends up helping Homeland cybersecurity team with a rogue AI, which was developed by his former company with the ability to constantly improve itself. So the idea is basically that um, if you invent an AI that's got a certain level of intelligence and has the ability to learn, it might be able to say improve itself by 5%. But if it can improve itself by 5%, it then has the ability to rewrite its code better by 5%. So it can then maybe rewrite its code again. And now it's 10% better. And then it's 20%, 30%. And exponentially, that kind of grows until it's suddenly Mm. a thousand times more intelligent than anything else on the planet. So this runaway intelligence is the idea behind it. And this is based on real theories of artificial intelligence and what potentially could happen well, to it. Steve, Stephen Hawking did warn us about this type of stuff. Exactly. So. You know, and, and Musk has actually warned about this, this type of yeah. stuff as well. You know, yeah. they all have sounded warnings about it, which is Paul LeBlanc's sort of point of this and one of the reasons why he doesn't work at the company anymore. I've only seen the first episode because this is going out weekly and they've only put the first episode up so far. But really interesting. It's a shame it didn't find an audience to kind of stay around a bit longer. It was on Fox in the US uh, last year, I think they had it. I am looking forward to watching the rest of that, though. Like I say, it's supposed to be relatively self-contained, so we'll see when I get to the end of it. But uh, it is one mm-hmm. worth going to look at. I almost did watch it yesterday. I just ended up doing something else instead. I right. think it got too late, but yeah. I, yeah. I will uh, we'll watch it maybe yeah. today or tomorrow or something. So yeah, Because uh, I, I remember the show being advertised a while ago, and of course Star wasn't a thing back yeah. then. Yeah, now that it's actually got a UK home, which is good, uh, we can watch it properly. Yeah, it mm. is definitely one that's going to be worth looking out for. There's some good stuff coming into Star. The other thing I watched was Assembled, which is a little documentary they put out after WandaVision finished. And it's an hour-long behind-the-scenes documentary of how they made the show. And if you're into that sort of thing, it is really fascinating because they talk about making the different TV areas, particularly interesting in how they made the original 50s one of sitting down with Dick Van Dyke. They went and had a meal with Dick Van Dyke because he had the Dick Van Dyke show, which was one of the touchstones for that first episode. And they actually went and talked to him and said, okay, how did you film this? How did you put it together? We want to get this as accurate as we possibly can. So even going as far as having the special effects in that first episode, rather than 
faking it with CGI. The special effects were all physical effects done on set with wires. Little things like that. They wanted to make it as authentic as possible as they were going through it. So it's been really interesting just just watching how the various things came together. And there's not necessarily much you'll find out in terms of backstory or anything like that, or why certain characters were there and certain characters weren't. But just in terms of the whole production process, I found that really interesting. And that that's assembled, which is uh, on Disney Plus. You can go and watch that now. They've also been putting out, oh, what's the name of it? I think it's Marvel Legends or something. Yeah. These little shorts that are sort of like recaps of characters. They put one out for um, the villain for Falcon and Winter Soldier. And they put one out for, well, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, they're good little recaps, actually. I watched all three of them. I watched the uh, other two with Wanda and Vision before that came out. Uh, there's a few little things that I forgot as well that were quite important. So I'd recommend going and watching that. They're, they're only about five or six minutes long. It's just sort of a quick MCU recap for those characters. So uh, maybe make sure you watch that before uh, Falcon Winter Soldier starts this week. Yeah, yeah I ha- that was, I, that's been quite good. I haven't watched the Zemo one yet, Zemo, which is yeah, the uh, villain for Falcon and Winter Soldier. I haven't watched that yet, but I've, I've watched the other four. They are quite useful, though. It's just as little recaps mm-hmm. to remind you of the kind of key points of those characters. I hope they do that for even the films and stuff. I hope that they carry on doing that because uh, they're quite useful. Yeah. Because, you know, we've, nice. we've had 23 films. We forget things here and there, maybe. Yeah. So it's, it's good to get a recap. Yeah, it is. They're really handy little recaps. They're the type of things you would expect usually to like find them shoving up on YouTube. I mean, I'm surprised they haven't, but uh, yeah. they are quite useful, those. I will go and watch the Zemo one as well because like you say, they're only like five minutes long or so. So uh, they are called Legends, but that's, that's a useful little series as well. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We kick off the TV and film news with the Renault's cancellations and pickups. Only one cancellation this week, Queen of the South, which is a USA Network series. As on Netflix UK, that's going to end with season five. I don't think any of us watch that. So, you know, no difference either way to us. But uh, yeah, that if you're a fan of that show, that is ending with its fifth season. Number of renewals. The Equalizer has been renewed for season two on CBS. That hasn't got a UK home yet. This is based on the film and the original TV show. So it's got Queen Latifah in the lead role as the equaliser in that. So they've gender switched the lead role for it. But um, that looks like it could be a quite a good series. I'm hoping somebody over here will pick that up. Central Park, the Apple TV Plus series, has been renewed for season three early. So uh, that is coming back. Selling Sunset and Bling Empire have been renewed for Netflix, if you like those sort of reality TV shows. And Outlander, they announced over the weekend, that has been picked up for a seventh season before the sixth season has even aired. So uh, that is good news as well, because there was some talk about that possibly coming to an end, but uh, thankfully not. That will be back, which is great. And do, the author, you watch that? Yeah, I love that show. It's really, okay. really good. That will be coming back for a seventh season. She's still writing 
books as well, which is, you know, because each season is kind of based off each one of the books. And I think there are nine books in total. I think there are eight with the ninth coming. So hmm. um, hopefully they'll carry on doing it while she's still writing books and there's still story to tell. They'll carry on going, I hope. In terms of pickups, Station 19 and Grey's Anatomy have both got dates for their new seasons. So Station 19 is starting on the 31st of March with part one of a crossover. 7th of April will be Grey's Anatomy season 17 with part two of that crossover. And the second episode of Station 19 will also go out on the 7th of April as well. And then there's another crossover coming up later on as well in the series. So uh, if you're a fan of both those, they're back in uh, 31st of March and then 7th of April. Camp Cretaceous is back for season three, isn't it? That one, that's um, yep. 21st of May that is returning, which is <laughs> a ridiculous turnaround. Um, I mean, I know I know it's animation and they may have just been kind of working on it all the way through, but that's mm-hmm. an insanely fast turnaround because the last season only went out in, what, December, wasn't it? Something yeah, like that. January something, January? yeah. January, yeah. yeah. That's ridiculously quick for that third season. So maybe they worked on it all at once and, and they just happened to split it into two halves I don't know but yeah that is back for its third season so that mm-hmm. was returning still need to start uh, season two but I shall do so soon yeah because uh, I, I really enjoyed the first one as I yeah. think I mentioned before I haven't, uh, so. yes I haven't tried it yet but uh, I know there's a lot of love for it out there Wellington Paranormal which is the show from Jermaine Clement and Takita Wahiti which is uh, one of their TV series all three seasons of Wellington Paranormal are coming on the 5th of April at 9pm to Sky Comedy and now TV and obviously Sky Box sets. So they're going to start running them out from the 5th of April on Sky Comedy and Now TV, but all three seasons will be available as box sets from that date as well. The series basically follows uh, two police officers who are invited to join the new Wellington Paranormal Unit, who are, are these people that investigate paranormal activity in New Zealand. They also are dealing with this demon who is a demon that can jump from bodies to bodies. It's a sort of silly kind of comedy. It's basically the same team that are from what we do in the shadows i think there is actually a crossover with what we do in the shadows in the series as well so you know the type of show that it's going to be knowing that team are behind it they're usually very very funny i adore takita wahiti his work is superb and jermaine clement's great as well that is coming it's called wellington paranormal it's coming on the 5th of april to sky comedy now tv and all three seasons as a box set so that's one to look out for if you're wondering where magnum has disappeared to on Sky. It's on a bit of a break because we caught up to the US and they went off air in the US. So 28th of March, that is returning in the UK. And also announced this morning that uh, Amazon UK have picked up Leonardo, which is a show that we mentioned a while back, which is about the sort of life of Leonardo da Vinci. Stars Aidan Turner, who you'll know as uh, one of the dwarves from the Hobbit movies, and Poldark, and what was the Being Human, I think was the other thing he was in as well, and various other places. But uh, Aidan Turner is the lead as Leonardo and Freddie Highmore is also in it as well. It's from Frank Spodnik, who was the man behind The Man in the High Castle. So good team behind it. Looks really interesting. Uh, That has been picked up by Amazon UK. So that are the people who are going to be airing it over here. 
In terms of other pickups, Peacock, the US streaming service, has picked up Langdon, which is a TV series based on the Dan Brown novels. Follows the early adventures of uh, the Harvard symbiologist Robert Langdon, who must solve a series of deadly puzzles to save his kidnapped mentor and thwart a chilling global conspiracy. It was originally developed for NBC, but has since moved across onto Peacock. It's Ashley Zuckerman from Succession in the title role. It's also got Eddie Izzard in there. It's got Rick Gonzalez in there from Arrow, Valerie Curry from Blair Witch, Bo Knapp from Seven Seconds, few other people as well. That is going to series. It's going to use the 2009 novel, The Lost Symbol, as basis for the plot, which, if you know the books, is going to confuse you slightly because this is doing what they did with Alex Ryder in that they've taken a book that is later in the book series run but have moved it so it's earlier in the life of the character they're doing essentially the same thing they've just shifted the time frame so it's going to use the plot of the lost symbol for the tv series first season um, of course, I mean, this isn't the first time it's been on screen. They've done cinema outings, which were had mixed reviews, I think it's fair to say, on those cinema outings. But um, it comes from the co-creators of the Scream TV series and the short-lived drama The Crossing. Ron Howard and Brian Grazer are also exec producing, who are the people behind the movie franchise. But I quite like the idea of this. I can see this working as a series, and uh, I think he's an interesting enough character. I don't know whether you have any thoughts on it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do here. I mean, you've got quite a good uh, cast in here. You've got, would you say his name was Rick, Gon- Rick Gonzalez from Arrow. He was very, very good for a lot of seasons of that show. There's some potential for this to be fairly good. So um, just in terms of Peacock itself, why don't they just call it NBC Plus? <laughs> just, just just, go with what everybody else is, is doing. Well, Because uh, you, you had um, CBS All Access rename itself to Paramount Plus. So, yeah. And um, uh, everybody I, likes that name. Yeah. I mean, that's... Everybody uh, likes the plus thing. Yes, the plus thing seems to be uh, quite popular. Well, Peacock, the reason it's called Peacock is because of the NBC logo. logo. Yeah. Um, But uh, so I I kind of get it. And they don't need to call everything plus necessarily. Mm. But um, as long as we get it over here, as you know, I mean, I know we're unlikely to get Peacock, but it's all owned by Comcast anyway, who owns Sky. So I think a lot of these shows should end up automatically coming to Sky. I mean, they, they don't automatically come to sky but should end up coming to sky hopefully uh, right. at some point yeah. so i think and this has got sort of sky written all over it you know as a, as a sort of sky witness show i suspect so although it's not officially picked up by anybody over here i think that's a f- strong contender for ending up on uh, on sky witness i would have thought in terms of other new shows over on the aforementioned Paramount Plus, Star Trek Strange New Worlds has begun filming finally after all the uh, pandemic kind of held everything up. So that is now actually filming. It's announced five new cast members as well. Although annoyingly and frustratingly, as tends to happen with these, they haven't actually said who any of these people are playing. It's hmm. sort of whether they're playing crew members of the Enterprise, we don't know. Of course, Strange New Worlds is is basically going to have Anson Mount back as Christopher Pike, Rebecca Romagin as number one, and Ethan Peck as Spock. So it's following those in the years before Kirk took over the Enterprise. That's the sort of basic setup for it. 
there are obviously going to be other people on that ship. We don't know who exactly any of these are playing, whether there'll be characters that we're aware of or whether there'll be new creations. No idea. The people that are joining the show is Babs Ulsamonku, whose television credits include roles on things like Black Mirror. He was in The Defenders as well and The Night of the NBC series. He was also in the uh, 2016 remake of the miniseries Roots as well. He's in the Dune movie that's upcoming soon as well. So uh, he is one of the people taking a role. Christina Chong, who I'm guessing is a British actress, she was been in the live action adaptation of Tom and Jerry which is going out at the moment Sky One's Bulletproof she was also in Black Mirror she's been in Doctor Who she was popped up in Line of Duty Dominion 24 Live Another Day Johnny English Reborn she was in as well so she's been in a bunch of stuff Celia Rose Gooding who was uh, I think this may be her first major TV role she was in uh, Jagged Little Pill which is the musical inspired by Linus Morissette's award winning album um, she started in that until Broadway was shut down last year and uh, got a Tony nomination for Best Featured Actress in it. So uh, there's a couple of people actually from Jagged Little Pill that I saw there was another one maybe coming up later or maybe one that we talked about last week. I can't remember, but uh, there was somebody else that was supposed to be in that in, in that show and uh, ended up on a TV show instead because it got shut down and she was supposed to be in it last year. But of course, it's not been on Broadway because Broadway's not been open. So Jess Bush is also coming. She is an Australian. Australian actress. She has been on the indie film Skinford and role of Kendall on Channel 10 series Playing for Keeps. She was also in the Australian series Halifax Retribution as well. And the last one is Melissa Navarra, who had a recurring role on AMC's critically acclaimed series Dietland. And she also had a guest role on Billions and on Homeland as well. So uh, those are the actors that are coming, but we don't have any idea who they're actually playing which is sort of frustrating but it is now filming which is good I am looking forward to this show yeah I'm looking forward to it as well I'm looking forward to uh, this and the uh, is it Section 31 the other mm. spin-off that they're doing with uh, Felipe Giorgio yes which I think is going to be quite good sort of taking a little bit of a uh, well I guess Star Wars did it second taking this sort of approach to where you do these backdoor pilots for other characters and then they go off and do their own show but then you still have your main show yeah ongoing because we've still got you know Michael and, and everybody else in the show uh, but yeah I'm looking forward to seeing uh, these characters back again I think the casting that they chose in you know in the first place for the, the lead characters for this show were yeah. quite good it was good to see them on Discovery uh, that was the season two mainly wasn't it yeah so that, they left just after that but um, yeah I'm looking forward to what they're doing here and it should also give the opportunity to just let these characters be sort of more fleshed out on their own if that makes sense because yeah. although they, they got a lot of really good screen time in uh, Discovery just gives you another chance to flesh them out even more so mm. I'm, I'm looking forward to that I like the idea of it because this is the one show which should feel far more like a traditional Star Trek series because much as I love Discovery it's very much gone off and done its own sort of thing and you know Picard was great but that's set in in the sort of next generation era the nice thing about this is is it's sort of going to be a new take on what was the original original Star Trek in that it sort of sounds like it's going to be far more episodic. It's going to be them discovering new worlds each week is sort of <laughs> the idea of it. And it's the crew of the Enterprise and you've got you know Spock obviously that you know and number one that you know but it's going to have 
Pike is the captain rather than Kirk. I really like Anson Mount in that role. I think he's brilliant at it. So I'm very much looking forward to this. I think it could be a really, really solid series. Don't know when that's going to land exactly. It's probably going to be, I would guess, the towards the end of the year. But uh, that is filming now, they've announced. So that is good. Cool. Another thing which has been put in development, this time for Netflix, it's a show based on the novel The Talisman, which is coming from the Duffer brothers who are the people behind Stranger Things and Steven Spielberg and it's based on a Stephen King and Peter Straub novel. I don't know the novel particularly well but the story follows Jack Sawyer, a 12 year old boy who sets off on an epic adventure to find a relic of the talisman in an attempt to save his mother who's dying from cancer. His journey not only takes him across America's heartland but also its fantasy alternative universe twin known as the Territories in the parallel world violence, surprise and a titanic struggle between good and evil reaches across the mythic landscape so it's sort of interesting it sounds like it's going to have this otherworldly kind of quality like maybe american gods did in that it's set in this reality but there's a sort of another slightly off reality sat underneath it which is the same thing as stranger things actually as well to a certain yeah, extent the upside down yeah the book was originally published in 1984 but spielberg himself actually pre-bought the screenwrites when he heard about the idea from stephen king uh, he bought the screenwrites in 1982, two years before it was published. He then spent the next 39 years attempting to making a film version of it, but never wow. actually managed to get it anywhere. Um, there have been a few scripts that have been produced, but this is the sort of farthest it's actually got up until this point of actually being <laughs> in production. But I think given the people that are behind it, the fact that it's the Duffer Brothers who did amazing work with Stranger Things, Curtis Gwynn, who has previously worked with the Duffers on Stranger Things. He's also worked on Narcos, Walking Dead, The Leftover. He's going to be the writer and the showrunner on it. So that's a really strong CV from him. Spielberg is exec producing along with the Duffer Brothers and uh, some other people from Amberlin Television. Stephen King himself is also exec producing along with Paramount Television. Technically, it is still in development, although it's for Netflix and I imagine they're going to be throwing quite a lot of money at this given the people that are involved in it. So I, I suspect it will land at some point but uh, mm. yeah they are still working on it at the moment I, I think this sounds quite interesting this series yeah yeah D- just kind of agreeing with what you said a second ago there about them if they green light it I mean the Duffer Brothers who were, who've worked on you know arguably Netflix's biggest show I know they've mm. had you know The Crown and other uh, award winning shows but Stranger Things is probably top three top two if not the biggest thing Netflix has worked on so given that they're involved with this and it's, it's similar in a way but sounds a little bit different enough yeah. Uh, to where they're not sort of repeating the same thing. A lot of good people behind it, like you said. Do you think that this would likely happen? I mean, we don't know how many more seasons of Stranger Things we're going to get. We know we've at least got one, probably two more seasons at yeah. least. Do you think that they would probably do this after Stranger Things is finished or maybe both at the same time? It's possible they'll do it both at the same time, although I suspect there may be, you know, if there is, there's probably only going to be a small overlap because I, I don't think Stranger Things is going to run on for that much longer. Like, you say there is definitely one more season coming whether there's another season after that we'll have to wait and see but i i suspect that they're, they're not going to go on you know it's not going to be like a 20 season thing stranger things it's it's gonna it's gonna end at some point plus those those young actors are getting exactly older. yeah so. you know i mean there's there's no reason why you couldn't keep it running with them getting a bit older but i suspect you're going to end it in the next few seasons 
they aren't directly showrunning or writing this. They're exec producing, sort of quite hands-on exec producing by the sounds of it, but they are exec producing it. So there's no reason, I don't think, why they couldn't end up doing both shows. And it sounds like it's in fairly safe hands with somebody like Curtis Green, because, I mean, they know him from Stranger Things, but, you know, Narcos was brilliant. Walking Dead, well, pick your seasons, but, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and uh, Leftovers, you know, was critically acclaimed as well. So I think that's a fairly strong person to be working on it. And, mm. uh, you know, so it's possibly something they could do at the same sort of time, or it could be something they transition to afterwards. It's it's hard to know. But given that they're not showrunning it, I think you could possibly mm-hmm. do both. Have you seen Leftovers? I haven't, no. I, I think I okay. saw a Fantastic. couple of episodes yeah. of, of it, but I, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Just, just never only, grab it. It's only got 28 episodes. Yeah, um, yeah. Because you've got two seasons of 10 and the last one, which is eight. So yeah. That is, uh, it's called The Talisman, and it's in development for Netflix at the moment, so it may or may not land, but I suspect it probably will. And lastly, The Powerpuff Girls, which we've been talking about quite a bit recently because uh, they recently picked it up on The CW. We now have a cast for The Powerpuff Girls. Now, this is a pilot. It's not necessarily a series, so they picked it up for a pilot. The, the Uninitiated, The Powerpuff Girls was an animated series uh, created by Craig McCracken. And it follows the adventures of Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup, who were three kindergarten-age girls with an array of superpowers who saved the world, or at least their city of Townsville, from monsters, would-be conquerors, and other gross things. So the CW show obviously isn't going to feature three kindergarten-age kids. What they've done for the CW is it's in live action. The Powercraft girls are no longer preteens. They are now disillusioned 20-somethings who resent having their lost childhood stolen from them whilst they spent it crime fighting they now have to agree to reunite to save a world that needs them more than ever chloe bennett who you will know from agents of shield as sky slash daisy slash quake on that show she is taking the role of blossom who is a spunky conscientious little miss perfect child who holds several advanced degrees but also has repressed kiddie superhero trauma which left her feeling anxious and reclusive she aims to become a leader again Again, this time on our own terms. Dove Cameron is set to play Bubbles, whose sweet girl disposition won America's heart as a child. She still sparkles as an adult, but her charming exterior belies an unexpected toughness and wit. She's initially more interested in recapturing her fame than saving the world, but she just might surprise us and herself. She is an actress and singer, best known as her role as Mal in the Descendants films, or for playing Livy and Maddie in the Disney series Livy and Maddie. She also popped up in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where she played the villain Ruby in season five as well. Uh, Yana Peralt is set to play Buttercup, who was the rebellious badass of the Powerpuff Girls in her heyday. More sensitive than a tough exterior suggests, Buttercup has spent her adulthood trying to shed her Powerpuff Girls identity and live an anonymous life. So this was the woman I was talking about who was originally cast on Jagged Little Pill on Broadway and uh, previously starred in that. She was at that was it. She was due to join the cast of Hamilton and then the pandemic shut everything down, which sucks. So uh, that's that must really suck. Uh, she also writes and performs her own music as well. I do wonder whether there is going to be some sort of musical element to this show. Because for those of you who don't know, Chloe Bennett had a singing career prior to being on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She went under the name of Chloe Wang, which is her original name. She was, uh, I think it was it was either China or Japan, but she, she had quite a large singing career. Dove Cameron also is a singer as well. And Yana is 
a singer. So I do wonder if there's maybe going to be some musical numbers or that oh, could just be... Do, they're bound to do a musical episode, yeah. There, there must be some musical numbers in yeah. there somewhere because they are all have a singing background. The pilot script for it comes from Diablo Cody, best known for the brilliant movie Juno, along with the drama series United States of Tara, along with Heather Regner, who worked on things like Veronica Mars, Sleepy Hollow, Falling Skies and iZombie. It is a Belanti production, so it's Greg Belanti, Sarah Schuster, uh, David Madden and from Belanti Productions producing on it. And it's WB producing the series, assuming it goes to series. It is only a pilot at the moment, so we, I mean, it may not go anywhere, although CW is usually reasonably good at picking up their pilots. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, I know this has really angered some fans of the Powerpuff Girls because of what they've done with it. Reading the descriptions and stuff, I quite like the idea of it because it's sounding a little bit Umbrella Academy to me in that you've got these group of kids that were teen superheroes. They've now grown up into disillusioned adults and they're sort of brought back together to become superheroes again. And that's very much the sort of setup of Umbrella Academy. So I, I think it can work. Uh, I think they're, they're very distinct character types. We'll have to wait and see, see where it goes. But uh, I mean, I, I, Powerpuff Girls is very much not my generation. So I don't think I've ever seen an episode of it. But uh. I think the one thing that's going to either destroy or save this show is what is the balance going to be? Because these aren't just normal teenagers. These have got like powers and stuff. From what I remember and understand about Powerpuff Girls. I didn't like watch much. I can't remember how much I've seen of it, but uh, I've seen, you know, some of it. We all know what the Powerpuff Girls and that are. Yeah. I think it's going to depend the actual balance of how much screen time you're going to spend on teenage drama and how much screen time you're going to spend on actual powers. Yeah. Because if I'm to look at something like the reboot of Charm, not the original, the original was fine. Plus they were more adult characters. They weren't really doing, you know, teenage drama because they were adults and stuff. The one thing that that show fell into, which this also could is a bit too much of a focus on our love lives and teenage drama and I get that you're going to have that because these are teenage characters but there's also like hey don't forget that these people also have powers you need to make storylines around that do character development around that how is that going to affect the characters around them that don't know that they've got powers there's a lot there so I think you're either going to completely destroy the show or save it just based on well you've got to, you've got to write it well as well to actually execute those storylines well but just the just the core balance of teenage drama and actual focus on the fact that these characters can do special things. Mm. So we'll see. And the CW can be sometimes good, sometimes not so good with that. So we'll just see how that works. I think this cast is very good. You know, you've got Chloe Bennett in it in here, mm. who's did done a very, very good job on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think the casting's here, here is great. And uh, the casting could, again, be an element that really saved the show because it will just be enjoyable to watch these actresses on screen because they're very good. Yeah, we'll I, I know exactly what you're saying when it comes to that I'm interested in this partly because I think the cast is good also mm -hmm. I think the team behind it I mean Diablo Cody made some really interesting films and TV shows Heather Rainier who uh, as I say Veronica Mars Sleepy Hollow Falling Skies Eye Zombie are things that she's written on all of which would be really good shows so I'm just really intrigued I think they've got a team there that could definitely pull this off despite the fact that I know it will probably anger some Powerpuff Girls fans but um, <laughs> I, I yeah. mean I, I know I think when I originally talked about this with Bex who knows the property much better than I do did sort of yeah. say it sounds a bit like they've basically taken a name and that 
is sort of unrelated and stuck it on to sell it, which is quite possible, but... Just using the IP for a name. Yeah, because yeah. it isn't going to be, you know, what the cartoon was, but I don't think you could do a show which was what the cartoon was. So it needed to be something else. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. But I'm, mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how this pilot turns out, certainly. And I will see whether it actually goes to series. But I, mm. I will, we'll let you know if we hear more. One other trope I don't want the show to use. It will probably do this, so I'm already prepared for them to do it. A situation where one of the characters finds a love interest. That love interest finds out that they've got the powers. <laughs> that love interest character then says, I want you to either choose... The life of being with me and ditching your powers yeah, yeah, yeah. or yeah that that kind of thing that can be really irritating yeah uh, so i hope that they don't do that there i think they probably will but uh we'll see so <laughs> yes yes we'll see so that's most of the news we've got this week they did just announce the oscars nominations this morning as cool. well i'm not going to go through everything because there's a lot of things that if you've seen any of the other award ceremonies names that you will suspect in here uh judas and the black messiah nominated for best picture nomadland also nominated trial of chicago seven nominated for best picture chadwick boseman's in there from our Eddie's black bottom in the actor in a leading role gary oldman for mank mank's come up a few times uh viola davis from our enemy as well interesting the now oscar nominated in the leading actor role stephen yen for a film called minari oh, so cool. uh, the yeah, former walking dead star former walking dead glenn is nominated in that Sasha Baron Cohen nominated and uh, Daniel Kaluuya for Trial of Chicago 7 and Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, Olivia Coleman in there for a film called The Father. And there's quite a lot of them are, are combinations of Judas and the Black Messiah, a film called The Sound of Metal, Trial of Chicago 7, Ma Raimi's Black Bottom, Mank, a few technical nominations for Mulan in terms of things like the costume design and the music as well. Interesting collection of things, but uh, yeah, the fact that the name that's leapt out at me was the fact that Stephen Yen is nominated in there, which is congratulations to him. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. that's all the news for this week. Let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> highlights for next week we have fresh off the boat which returns for its sixth and final season on comedy central that's on the 18th of march at 8 p.m the good fight is back on the 18th of march at 9 p.m that is two more four so that is returning taskmaster returns for its 11th season that's on channel four on the 18th of march at 9 p.m as well the long-awaited much anticipated Zack snyder's justice league they announced that will be coming on the 18th of march to sky cinema and now tv so uh, this will be if you have the movie package it will be part of the movie package it's not like a separate thing you have to go and buy or rent at, at a premium or anything like that it will be part of the movie package you'll be able to get it that way it's a four-hour movie of the Justice League. It's Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League rather than the um, Whedon version, which was the cinematic release. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what this is like, even though they have said it's basically a road to nowhere. They're not like suddenly going to revive the Snyderverse after this. Although I, that's what WB is saying at the moment. I do wonder if this goes down incredibly well, whether they may reverse that decision, but that's what they're saying right now. But uh, 18th of March on Sky Simmer and Now mm. TV. That lands in the I UK. have to plan when to watch that because you don't really just stick on a four hour film. <laughs> 
because no, uh, that's that's quite long. It may I be something. Know. The problem is avoiding like spoilers for it. Yeah, so yeah. I sort of, I maybe a case of having to get up in the morning on the 18th and just sit and watch it for four hours. Mm. I'll have to wait and see. Man United have also got a huge, huge game on Thursday night. So that's <laughs> that as well. Uh, a game that we basically have to win or we'll out of a competition, basically. Oh no, what a shame. So, <laughs> so uh, Bob's Burgers, that is back for season 11 on Comedy Central on the 19th of March at 10pm. Falcon and Winter Soldier starts on the 19th of March as well. That's on Disney+. Plus. So uh, that is something that I will going to have to sit down and watch first thing in the morning, um, which is Anthony Mackins and Sebastian Stan reprising their MCU roles. So that I am very, very much looking forward to. The Flight Attendant, that comes to Sky One on the 19th of March at 9pm. I've seen the first episode of that. That is superb. So definitely worth going to watch it. Uh, Kaylee Kuoko as a flight attendant that wakes up in the wrong hotel, in the wrong bed and with a dead guy. The first episode is brilliant. It's got elements of dark comedy and thriller in it. It's really fun and uh, well, well worth watching. That's 19th of March at 9pm on Sky One. 21st of March, 9pm, Line of Duty returns for season six, which I'm very much looking forward to. This will be the first time I'm actually watching it live rather than catching up with it, which means I'm going to have to wait for it weekly, whereas I'm <laughs> used to just binging through the entire thing. I really, really enjoyed that series. Very much looking to, forward to that coming back. And uh, Midsummer Murders returns for part two of season 21. That is on the 21st of March at 8pm. This is like one or two episodes. They drip feed the episodes out in little bits. So um, it's either one or two episodes that are coming out from the 21st of March. So uh, that will be back for Midsummer Murders at 8pm on ITV. Two HBO Max things in one week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is good. That's changing. Uh, yeah, two <laughs> HBO Max things, one Disney Plus thing. Yeah, all good. So if people want to find more of your stuff, where can they find you? If you want to hear me talk about more of my opinions on TV, video games, films, and Manchester United, you can go to entertainmenttalk.org. You can search for Entertainment Talk on podcast platforms. You can subscribe to one of the many feeds or just the main one. It's up to you what you choose to do there. Uh, I do stream regularly on Twitch now as well because I'm actually able to do it because we've got a router <laughs> that works better. Uh, so you can expect more Twitch streams. Uh, eTalk UK on Twitch for that week. You can either search for eTalk UK on Twitch or go to twitch.tv forward slash eTalkUK. Just bear in mind, just a bit of a warning. I know that this is obviously a family friendly show, but if I'm playing Call of Duty, people will be swearing. So uh, <laughs> just 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 keep in mind that, that, that if I'm playing that game, bear in mind that the people will be swearing. Yes. Uh, because they'll be getting killed. They'll be angry about it. But uh, if it's any other game, then probably won't be happening. Just a bit of a warning for that. But yes. yeah, Twitch, eTalkUK and entertainmenttalk.org. So you can go find that over there. Bex, of course, you can find at twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes that's Trista B-Y-T-E-S you can go and find her over on there streaming daily in various evenings there was a hilarious stream yesterday where she was assembling a gaming chair managed not to kill herself or injure herself which was quite impressive despite standing on the chair when she was told not to she didn't fall off which was uh, tempting fate but uh, yes very very funny well worth going to watch her just general stupid chatter and uh, retro gameplay over there well worth going to see Daryl you can find over at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series you love which are shot in Canada so uh, lots of superhero and sci-fi and uh, other Canadian drama over there for us you can find us at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message
message on the website post find us at geek town on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geek town on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geek town and on instagram at geek town uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye bye goodbye